0: everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always is some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid lt how you doing what are you drinking there boy
1: i'm doing okay i am drinking some r stone sounds delicious it is delicious. 10 <laughs> year old scotch <laughs> josh
0: how you doing what are you drinking there man
2: I'm doing pretty good. I've got a uh, another one from Treehouse called Breakfast Juice. I don't know if you can see that. Ooh, the breakfast Juice. Right there. Almost, oh, my God. There it is. What if I get behind it? Oh,
0: yeah. no. Is it good and juicy? Yeah.
2: It is good and juicy. Thank you for asking.
0: Does it have like a, like a citrusy aftertaste or foretaste? It's
2: a very, very citrusy, tangerine-y. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you lost me a tangerine. I don't like tangerine all okay, much. Well, I like orange.
2: I like having a dream about tangerines. Ooh.
0: Tangerine dream. Professional wrestler went by that name for a while. It's kind of weird. Mikey, how you
3: doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing excellent, and I will josh it up with a A&W root beer. <laughs> I saw the weirdest mini
0: documentary about A&W root beer. Do you know there are five to seven different kinds of A&W root beer because of copyright things? No. It's true. Nice. Look. Because A&W Root Beer, the franchise, was bought out by Dr. Pepper, but not in Canada. In Canada, there was a second A&W Root Beer franchise that became its own franchise. So they make their own soda called A&W. But in Canada, Coca-Cola owns the right to that A&W. So there's an A&W Coke brand in Canada, an A&W Root Beer in Canada. Canada from the franchise and here in the United States there's an A&W root beer root beer the original and a Dr. Pepper one in and my
2: defense I only followed that prompt because I thought Tom was going to get it as a segue into night crawl that that is our topic tonight I really <laughs> I'm honestly sorry. thought you were going to pull out a segue there and I so I I followed the I followed the prompt that was given me Tom it was the wrong hook. It did not lead to the story I
0: expected.
1: No, no. I was dying to see how it would lead into Nightcrawler, and it never did.
0: It does. You got to give me a chance. There's uh, another one in Germany. Go Biff! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Kurt Wagner is from. Kurt Wagner says... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the ever-go-lucky, happy-go-lucky Nightcrawler. Mike, do you want to give us a little background on Germany's favorite son?
3: Sure. Let's go all the way back to the days when Dave Cochran was in the Navy. And he had—he was an artist, and he created the Nightcrawler. When he first imagined Nightcrawler, he imagined that he was a demon who had gone to Earth to do demon things and failed at the mission and decided to just stay on earth. And his original concept was Nightcrawler was going to be a sidekick for some other superhero. Eventually, Cochran became an artist, a professional artist, and went to DC and pitched the idea of Nightcrawler as being part of a team called the Outsiders for the Legion of Superheroes. But the editors at DC passed on it. So he kept the rights to them and brought it over to Marvel and was like, hey, how about this guy? And Marvel was like, yeah, that's perfect for our brand new team of X-Men because sales in the X-Men had tanked. Uh, It was so bad that they were no longer even making new issues of the X-Men. They just started reprinting old issues because they didn't want to pay anybody for it. Uh, It was about to go out of business and they handed the Reigns over to Len Wein, who said, all right, let's get a new international team. And Dave Cochran's like, I got one of the perfect ideas. And here's Nightcrawler as part of the new team. The new Nightcrawler, uh, this one was not a demon, but a mutant, as all the X-Men were. He grew up uh, over in Germany. Uh, Because of his mutations, he looked to be devilish. And despite being a very devout Catholic, probably one of the most devout Catholics in Marvel Comics. I'm looking at you, Daredevil. Fuck you. <laughs> he he's, he was chased out of his village, ended up joining a circus for a while because they they thought it was a costume. They didn't realize that was how he actually looked. And then eventually a crowd tried to burn him and Xavier rescued him to bring him into the new X-Men to go rescue the what was left of the original team that had been captured by the island of Krakoa. And after that adventure, Chris Claremont took over and really fleshed out the Nightcrawler character a lot more. And that's that's pretty much the Nightcrawler we know and love. He has superpowers. He can teleport. And when he does, a sulfur smell fills the area where he banffs Now, his origin story has changed a little bit over time. We found out uh, who his mother and father are, uh, who are also prominent mutants in the mutant community, including Mystique. As his mother and his father is, was one of... The um, Disciples of Apocalypse, but I can't remember his name offhand. If any of you guys can, feel free to jump in with that. All right, yeah. moving on. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this this is really Dave Cochran, the artist's baby. He, uh, despite being a member of the X-Men, uh, he finally eventually did get his own uh, two miniseries. Uh, one where... He discovers his origins and who his parents are, and that's where he meets the other Banffs, who are actually his brothers. Uh, he goes on a dimension-hopping trip there. And another series where he and Lockheed go on an adventure and are pirates. Uh, so his series have been really good, but I think if you were not a fan of him in the X-Men, you probably know him best from Excalibur which is he was a member of the original team uh, called Excalibur and was on in that series for a really long time. But uh, enough about that. Let's talk about you guys' favorite Nightcrawler series.
2: I mean, I, I, mean, I think Tom's going to talk about the Pirate series, which is a great series. And uh, it's just one of those. Anyone who can sword fight with uh, two rapiers in their hand and another one in their tail, I'm all in. I'm all in on that story. Uh, really, I, uh, for me, Nightcrawler just comes in in the, 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 the titular giant size annual number one, right? Like, just the explosion. Yeah, I said titler. It's titular.
1: It's not T-I-T. titular. Have you C-U-L-A-R. seen the pecs on Nightcrawler? Yeah.
3: Titular. Titular? Yes. you sure? We're a learning podcast We're pretty sure.
2: Okay. Titular. They should spell that differently. They should.
0: They X-Men. also should spell wind and wine two different ways, but they don't.
2: Okay. They don't. Yeah, I mean he's just sort of the uh that, that initial explosion of the X Men into the modern era and those first few issues with all the drama around who's going to join the team and who's not going to join the team and how that sort of all comes together, just that, that uh that initial flow into the the modern world of X Men is really what I, I really enjoy.
0: I agree, and Josh you hit it right on the nose when you said I was going to mention the pirate episode. I love the pirate episode; uh, yeah. that was just a lot of fun. Swashbuckling. You're right; he can fight with three swords. Not since uh, One Eye. Is that the anime where the, uh, the there's a kid who fights with uh, three swords? One Piece. One, is, One Piece. Thank you. One Piece. They have uh, someone with a tail who fights with the the three swords, and it's pretty cool. I I just like in the the. Does anyone remember who the, the artist was on that one?
3: Because they made the, the costumes were just big and flowing and the colors were well, so bright. Are you talking about the miniseries where he's a pirate or are you talking about Kitty's I'm going to talk about Kitty's, Kitty's adventure. So that was during the regular series of Uncanny X-Men. Claremont was writing it. Um, that might have been Burn or... Right
2: so four-issue miniseries for Nightcaller is Dave Cockrum.
3: Yeah, right. I was talking about Kitty's, uh,
0: Kitty's Kitty Fairytale.
3: Yeah, I was going to say. that's Yeah, that's around 160-something. Uh, I think Burn had left by then, but I can't remember who had taken over.
0: It's just the the costuming and everything was just gorgeous in this one. It really, really drew me in. It was the first time I kind of saw a Dungeons & Dragons kind of world done right in a comic book, which is weird to say because there were plenty of Dungeons Dragons-type like I, you guys all know that I'm a huge fan of Conan, but Conan is low adventure, barbarian adventures. Not a lot of flashy wizardry stuff in Conan. Just dark magic. This was the first kind of high fantasy that I saw done well in a comic book, and it really drew me in. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that comic book. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and buy that comic book tonight. That's how much I like that comic book.
1: I don't believe you're going out to buy it at all. I think you're gonna go on eBay. I'm buy it. staying
0: in
3: to buy it. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. I'm flipping through my excellent so, comics now to find it.
1: I was gonna say I you know, I really like this character, but I don't I don't have a specific one issue that I i really like i just like the fact that he's not the most powerful x-men but he was always the x-men that was giving it his all he was always stretching him beyond his own limits to help out the team he was always going and teleporting himself beyond what he should have to try to save people he was always you know taking on Teleporting multiple people out of a situation, even though it was dangerous for himself, he was always doing whatever he could for the team. And even though he was persecuted continually, he always had a positive attitude.
3: Yeah. And I, he he didn't he become a a monk or a priest at some point? I
1: don't know. I don't know, I didn't read later X-Men. I know he had a series much later uh, after the two miniseries that I think was a lot darker.
2: Yeah, I need to circle back and start rewriting more of the modern X-Men storylines.
3: So it was November 2002, miniseries focuses on Nightcrawler's decision to become a priest and his attempts to fight a group of slave traders but Tom was talking about Kitty's Fairy Tale which is Uncanny X-Men Volume 1 issue number shit I don't know what issue number that is come back to me
2: 153
3: I knew it was in the 150s ignore me and Dave Cochran was the, uh, artist on that. The, so, uh, no, the,
0: the magic miniseries. I also like seeing evil Nightcrawler. That was kind of uh,
3: cool. So Tom, write it down. 153. That's the X-Men comic you want to buy tonight. I will buy that. Tonight. 153. Thank you. Uh, in addition to you having, uh, the power to teleport, uh, you mentioned his prehensile tail. Um, he also has the ability to, because of the way his feet are, he can cling to uh, different surfaces and use. Um, and he has uh, night vision. Yep.
0: And he is wall crawling. I mean, we've seen him do it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe not in the, quite on the level of Spider Man, but we've, yeah. Yeah. Acrobatic, of course, from his days in the circus. We have seen him use his teleportation offensively, more in um the magic universe where he was evil. He would tell people, teleport people into things. But it's
3: really hard to buy gloves for him. Yeah.
0: It's really hard, yeah. Three yeah. Three fingers, three toes.
3: Uh it's really hard. By the way, Azazel was the name of his
2: father. So. Azazel, good. Who does uh, make an appearance in the movies, right? Yes. Yeah. Azazel. Uh, X Men yeah. first class. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of the better X-Men movies.
0: I feel like Nightcrawler has another couple other powers. When he's in the uh that dark dimension, doesn't he get
3: something while he's there, like a limited healing or something? Nightcrawler. I don't know. He's so he's part mutant, part demon? Is that what we're going for now? I think so
2: and i have to say of all the x men movies and none of them were amazing but nightcrawler's opening sequence in x2 is oh, one yeah. of the best action sequences in all of that all of those franchise yeah all those all that franchise and, yeah.
1: and i think it was one of the best adaptations of of a power really yeah, yeah he I'll just do does it. a
2: good job yeah and, yeah just showing how ineffectual and normal people are against even someone, and I don't think anybody considers Nightcrawler land the upper echelon of mutants, but he just wades through all of the uh, the agents in the White House.
3: Yeah, yeah. Secret Service doesn't have a chance against just one mutant. They do not. Nope. All right, so I guess that's it uh, yep. for the Nightcrawler.
2: So Tom, on a- eBay, there's a graded 9.0 version. And normally I wouldn't say don't pay extra for a graded version of the comic. However, uh, that puts it in a sealed hard plastic case for shipping. And that's better than most people ship comics when you order them on eBay. And it's only 21 bucks.
3: But pay, you're going to have to crack that open. If you yeah. Want
2: to, if you want to read it, yeah.
3: That's true. I think I might
0: pay not to have to crack it open. So I might go for a cheaper one. <laughs> Uh, One other power he does is is spatial awareness. Uh, Prevents him from teleporting into solid objects. And he does use a little bit of the Dark Force. Uh, The Dark Force we've seen other mutants use in different offensive ways. And it's always been hinted that Kurt could probably use Dark Force in other offensive ways as well. But he hasn't really. The Vanisher used one of the teleporting vanishing things on Kurt in one comic book. And it to have the effect of sending him into his teleported state and Kurt had to make his way back. Okay. The dark force is kind of cool. It's one of those weird forces like the speed force in the DC universe, dark force and light force here in the Marvel universe kind of unexplained, but gives a lot of people powers.
3: He just uh, had his own X-Men series recently in 2021 called The Way of X. But it was part of that giant crossover X of Swords. Mm -hmm. So that's when I stopped reading X-Men comics. I was like, screw you, Marvel. I'm tired of your gosh darn crossovers making me buy 20 comic books to get a story. So I don't know if that storyline was any good. Listeners, if you have read that story and you want to give us a review of it, feel free to go over to Bastard at thelongboxguys.com, shoot us an email, or you can tweet us at thelongboxguys, or if you really want to get our attention, go over to patreon.com slash thelongboxguys and write a message for us over on that board and join our Patreon, because for a mere $1 a month... $1? I $1. know. Price of a hand job at the bus station. You can get an extra podcast from us every week. We decide to do a podcast uh, called The Geek Leak, in which we talk about all the other geeky things besides comic books that we're into. And all the money we make goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Bank, where our good friend Tom and LT volunteer.
0: That's right. LT's been a stalwart. Right, we moved
1: what a ton of food a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, we moved literally a ton of food. I had a little bit more than a ton of food this week. I missed you, buddy. But you you had uh, you, you were at work hard at work uh, helping veterans with their finances. Can't fault you on that. It was just a uh, we were moving a ton of food lately, and hopefully we're going to be getting a little bit more help when we get some more funds in this year. But that was not what I was going to go over to. I was
3: going to go over to the front of the log box. Hey Mike, what do you have at the front of the long box? At the front of the long box, I've got the independent series called "Traveling to Mars" by our good friend, pretty much the fifth long go- box guy, Mark Russell. Uh, if you guys have not read anything by Mark Russell, it's always an emotional roller coaster. But after reading the first four issues of the series, man's I think Mark might need a hug. Like somebody <laughs> needs to check on Mark Russell. We, I mean we can call because him. Because right I'm now. I'm concerned like is he okay because man traveling to Mars is a story. Uh it I'm going to give you a few spoilers that's not going to hurt the storyline at all. Uh it cuz it's all written out pretty quickly. The premise is Earth is running out of energy and they find deposits of energy on Mars and the governments decide that the first person who can get to Mars is going to claim the rights to Mars so a a fake beef company mm. recruits a terminally ill person to go to Mars because everybody else is trying to find a way to get to Mars and, to, and get the person back. But they're like, we don't need to get him back. We just need to have him get there and claim it for our, our company. And it is a reflection of whether one's life has any real meaning and do the things in your life actually give anything you do value. It's, it's a well done, very intricate look into the human condition. But again, Josh, reach out to Mark Russell. Just make sure he's okay.
2: Make sure he's all right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, But an excellent comic. Very, very excellent. And as always, there are subtle humorous things that are sprinkled from out that that just make you laugh out loud. And the there's little Easter eggs that are just like randomly thrown in the background that are are just gold. So I again if you're drinking along at home with us, I'm about to highly recommend it, so go ahead and drink. Drake traveling to Mars.
2: Did you read the uh, next couple of Space Ages by him, Superman?
3: I have not. I have Space Age two, and I, I and three is in my uh, hold box, but I haven't read those yet. Gotcha. They're
0: good. All right, Tommy. What do you got at the back of the long box? In the back of the long box, I have Venom, uh,
1: Space Knight. Volume one agent of the cosmos from 2015, 2016. It is by Ariel Olivetti and uh, Robbie Thompson in it. Flash Thompson goes to space as with venom and they basically go around doing good deeds. Flash Thompson hears voices in his head that tell him where to go and who to help. And he, he, He realizes that these voices in his head are uh, this cosmos that is telling him what to do. And there are other agents of the cosmos that are also on similar missions out to help different races and people, you know, put things back on track. And it's just Venom trying to do good, trying
0: to be better. (laughs) Well, Venom's always hilarious when he's trying to do
3: good. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, all right. How is Flash Thompson as the host of the Symbiote? I mean, like I
1: said, Flash has has come to a point where he's trying to be a better person. He realizes that he was not a good person in high school and that when he saw Spider-Man being a good person it inspired him to try to be a better person, and so he's trying to do good and he's trying to turn his life around.
0: Do they well, say so. with the Flash Thompson was a wounded war veteran? Yeah. Yeah, yep. He's an amputee, right? He's yeah. an amputee.
1: He's an amputee. He's, you know, he's got the the venom uh, symbiote that kind of is, uh, you know, providing all his his limbs. And then he comes upon a, a group of pirates who have a robot, and he he uh, gets rid of the pirates, and the robot sort of adopts them as his own, and the robot makes some mechanical legs for him so he doesn't have to be fully attached to the symbiote all the time. He can walk around on his own a little bit. He has conversations with the symbiote as the symbiote tries to grow uh, as well. And the symbiote has been purged of its evil. So it's kind of an interesting take on Venom. It's different from the whole Venom trying to, you know, just kind of be evil and corrupt its host. It also right.
2: sounds like a music show where you're trying to duplicate somebody's voice, and you're like, Hi, I'm Flash Thompson, host of the Symbiote.
3: Bane does not like Flash Thompson.
2: <laughs> Shut up, Bane. I can't do you.
3: Why can't
0: you do Bane? I don't know. It's the easiest one we do. I want to work them into my comedy. I've been doing those Bane. They Bane. should know,
3: especially Bane if they Sean. use the word anyway. It's Bane.
0: And also if they you have a pasta maker. <laughs> uh, we just drive Josh crazy with the fact that we all, well, two of us have mastered Bane. <laughs> <Yeah. You're laughs> master Tommy, Bane. it comes and goes for you. Yeah. Give me a Bane, Tommy, come on. each other comic character. Yeah, you lost it, buddy. Yeah, you lost it, yeah, not this way. You gotta go on in with Bane. <laughs>
3: Not it sounds like God is trying to do an impersonation of me.
0: <laughs> Why are there so many ostriches? <laughs> the brochure said there'd only be some. Josh, that was very tangential of us. I'm sorry. Tangential, your foray, purview. You got a tangent for us?
2: Yeah. So one of the things I've been doing this maybe about past two weeks is uh, I've been drawing. Now, drawing is a skill I don't have. I wanted to have it. Don't get me wrong. Like, up until about college, I thought, oh, my grandfather was an artist. Maybe there's some skill or latent talent inside me. And there wasn't. <laughs> but uh, I, I recently took it up. And, I, you know, I I think some of the stuff looks okay. And it does. It's just those, I've seen it. Yeah, It's good. I, it's, yeah. I, I tried. And uh, I found... More so than what I'm expecting out of the, as the end result. I just enjoy it. So uh, anything you guys picked up late in life or something you thought, a talent you might have, you might have inherited, but did not? Anything like that?
0: <laughs> as many of you know, my dad was a known musician. And I have no ability. I have been taking a shit ton of banjo lessons to play the banjo very poorly, (laughs) (sighs) but I really enjoy playing it. I enjoy plucking out Drunken Sailor and O'Cluckin' and a couple other tunes that I've yet to master. I can, I can, I'm generally enthused when someone knows what I'm playing. (laughs) Like, oh, that was Rainbow Connection, albeit shitty. All right, yes, but still knew it was Rainbow Connection. (laughs) I guess that's got to be it for me, because I have so many instruments in this office that I can't play. Uh, But because my dad was a musician and we always had guitars strewn about whatever hole, hovel, or tent, or car we were living in, I've always thought I should be able to play an instrument, and I, I barely can. But I do have fun when I do get something out. I, I like gardening. You do. I've
1: I've seen you out back there. What are you yeah. going to grow this year, Tommy? I, I don't know. I'm still working on the soil here. The soil here is not that great. So, uh, past couple of years, I've been trying to improve the soil here.
2: Let's do raised beds. Fuck soil. Yeah, bring some bring some soil in. Fuck it. Your
0: yard's not that big that you can't bring in topsoil.
2: Yeah, just build the raised beds. They're super easy. They got the kits for the paintings at the corners. You just buy fucking boards, dump the soil in, and yeah. you're done. Yeah, the best nice. best soil on the planet. <laughs> the other thing that's cheap are the uh, big aluminum tubs they use for uh, water, uh, water for horses and cattle. Yeah. Yeah. Get a couple of those. I have one
0: big, big, big flower box that I grew potatoes in last year. Yeah, I love doing that. <laughs> I love growing my potatoes. I'm gonna do it again this year. Fucking potatoes. Yeah, I got like these were expensive potatoes, by the way. <laughs> if I were to like the amount of time and effort and money I sank into making two uh, a half bushel of potatoes
1: at best, right? It was I pretty bad. Don't big. need a lot of money to make potatoes.
0: Oh, not the way. You're supposed to do it the way I did it, wasn't cheap. Hopefully this year it'll be cheaper. The first year was the most expensive. I bought the big box. I raised it. I built it. I bought the real nice soil. I made some mistakes. I had to replant. (laughs) My dogs ate the first crop. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Mike? I think I know what you want to do.
3: Well, I'm definitely killing it as a parent so that's my ah, that's later, talent. In life. later in life than you <laughs>
2: expected anyway
3: yeah I was like wow I'm really good at this uh, the uh, the talent that I have not inherited from my dad would be his carpentry skills that I'm going to be working on my son by the way uh, got a job offer from the carpentry guild
1: Ooh,
3: Uh or the carpentry union. So he is going to become a professional carpenter. And I was so freaking excited today. I was like, you're going to teach me how to become a carpenter. He's like, no, they're going to teach me how to be a carpenter. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then you're yeah, going to come back man. and teach me and we're going to build shit together. He's like, I'm going to be an industrial carpenter, like doing big construction projects. And I'm like, yeah. And then we're going to make a fucking bookcase. <laughs>
0: it's not like they're gonna, not going to show you how to make a dovetail joint. Once you show me how to make a dovetail joint, we can make anything.
2: That's right.
3: It's true. Anything. I'm i to write that mean, down. Dovetail, dovetail joint. joint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dovetail
1: you jo- could also get a biscuit joiner and we could do it that way.
0: <laughs> Tommy. I love you, Tommy. <laughs> <clears throat> a bunch or of... I bought you a miter box out, Mikey. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Did Did I
1: not tell you
3: how
0: to use it? Was that
1: the
3: problem? Someday, somebody will show me how to use that Mikey, there's a bunch of different ways to
1: build a bookcase.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I know the way I'd build it. I'd buy a bunch of boards and nail them together, (laughs) and I'd be done. Thank you do you what? want a That's table saw? I know
1: where there's a table saw.
3: <laughs> I do want a table saw. Where is it, where is there a table saw? Let
1: me let me call my brother-in-law. He had one in his basement that he wanted to get rid of. Let me.
0: LT, yeah. don't take don't take tool advice from LT. I spent a very frustrating day at LT's house trying to we get got one it done. tool. I took a chisel. <laughs> we couldn't get one of your electrical tools to work, man. I finally said fuck it and used a chisel. And once I grabbed that chisel,
3: I was so happy. (laughs) You know what? It's not his tool. It's his brother-in-law's, so let me take it.
0: We made a great chair together, though, LT. LT. We did. It looks terrific. Josh, uh, are you uh, doing this drawing because we have the, the challenge that's coming up, the
2: that's what sort of prompted me yeah, yeah. Uh, a friend of the podcast was like oh hey I want, i'm gonna send you guys a card and you guys should all sketch something and i was like you know a marvel character a marvel character
3: spider-man a spider-man
2: yeah a spider-man or a spider-man adjacent uh sketch and i was like uh i'll uh yeah i'll do a little i'll practice a little bit i haven't i haven't drawn anything in you know 10 15 years so uh yeah, so I started with the uh the things that were close to my head, so I started to start drawing my dogs.
0: I saw a couple of your dogs. A couple of them look really good. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I could de- like me playing the banjo. I knew that was your dog. It yeah. wasn't just a dog. That was <laughs> your dog. My dog.
3: That's true, I thought came out <laughs> really well.
0: Yeah. I wasn't just playing a song. You knew what song I was playing. You knew
2: what song I was playing.
0: <laughs> and that's the next step up. <laughs> good tangent there did everyone answer that i think we did yeah all right guys that brings us to plugs mikey do we know how we're standing on dc do we get uh offered a slot yet
3: no but we have applied for awesome con the uh juneteenth weekend of june i love juneteenth so if you're going to be in the dc area i plan to be at awesome con anyways with uh, my wife and kid. So come on by, and I think all the guys are going to go down there if we get the panel. I don't know if you guys are going to go if we don't get the panel, but I might go either way.
2: I yeah. will go because I need Billy D. Williams for my Star Wars book. Ooh, Ooh. and he will be there. Uh, what we can do? say? you, Billy D. Williams? Please oh, don't you... die. I did this once before. <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, you killed Princess Leia, man. I
2: I killed Carrie Fisher. Not literally, but. Uh yeah. Billy D. Hang in there till AwesomeCon, man. Don't make don't make me feel like this is me. Yeah.
3: The w- weekend of June sixteenth
2: to the eighteenth,
3: Washington yeah. DC. All right. And okay. I was, oh, I was gonna say I'd also like to plug Kirby Crackle, who provides our geek rock music sometimes when we edit out the podcast. You can check him out at KirbyCrackleMusic.com dot com or go over to Bandcamp and get their Album,
0: and they have some great stuff on there. How about you, LT? Uh, I'd like to plug GeekOrthodox.com.
3: Hello, Timmy. GeekOrthodox.com. GeekOrthodox.com.
2: Hello,
1: Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com for very stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, Saki sets, you name it, they got it. And if you want T-shirts, you got to go to IanLino.com because that's where all the T-shirts are. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Neat. And he makes some damn fine t shirts. They do. He does. Now, I'd like to plug Ragnarok, a stupid rhythm game I just found on the Oculus that has some uh Windhammer and D'Artagnan and some of the stupid pirate rock song and Ailstorm, some of the stupid pirate rock songs that we like. And it's a rhythm game where you're racing a Viking boat. And Josh, good news for you, buddy. It is multiplayer. We can race Viking boats against each other, or you're just hammering on the drums to make them go faster. So it's a rhythm game where if you're hammering on the drums and you're hitting the the right drum beat, the rowers row faster. So it's a half a workout. Okay. Good songs. And LT, I'm going to be bugging you about this later. Actually, I'll probably have to bug Josh about it. You can import your own songs, too. Oh, nice. I don't know how to do it. Josh is going to have to teach me. I guess that brings us to the end of the episode, guys.
3: Yeah. Aw. Yeah.
0: Aw. I mean, Oh.
3: <laughs> Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like your cat's going to kick your dog's ass if he just uh, uh, come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Tommy,
1: what do you always say? I always say get your shots. If you gotcha. haven't gotten your booster shot, now's a great time to get your booster shot. Uh, there's booster
2: shots for everything. Shot, <laughs> shot, shots.
0: Josh. And Josh, Billy D. Williams, alive and well in D.C., is that your sector?
2: Uh, Yeah, D.C. will be my sector, as well as uh, Ethiopian and Eritrean food restaurants are my sector in D.C.
0: Oh, good street food in D.C., too. Just saying, I, I got some good street food, some uh, rice and lamb. Mm, rice and lamb. Just rice and lamb. Love it. D.C. There's always carts for that. And don't forget what I always say. Don't just switch ages. Promote what you love. you live longer.
3: I promise you that. So long from the line box, guys. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.